something to say. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today we're going to be talking about the new Captain Marvel movie, because I went down to the Pain Palace to watch it. Yeah, it hurt so much, but it was worth it. So let's get a couple things off the top here. Captain Marvel opened at number one over the weekend, and I have to say, looking at the numbers, just the raw numbers that I have here, Captain Marvel bringing in 153.5 million, well, 153.4, compared to How to Train Your Dragon 2 at 14, like, it, it's, it, it made, like, 10 times what, more than 10 times what the number two did, and that just kind of wows me when I see number when I see that but um in total it made 458 I'm sorry 440 yeah I can't talk today 456,700 and uh, let me start that again 456 million seven hundred and eighteen thousand dollars worldwide one weekend opening weekend and I can already hear a certain crowd talking about how much it made and trying to figure out how they can turn this into a failure or what have you. It's made almost half a billion dollars in its opening weekend. So, yeah, whatever. Um, we'll, we'll see where it ends up after its run. I have to say, for me, this was a movie I've been looking forward to for a very long time. I like the Captain Marvel comics. I'm not going to be doing too much discussion about how it differs, because it's a Marvel movie, and they're going to change things. I just accept that now. The biggest change for me, other than the whole Tesseract thing, which we'll get into in spoilers, but if you didn't think there was going to be an Infinity Stone in this movie, then you haven't been watching Marvel movies, like, at all. Um, is the renaming of the cat from Chewie to Goose, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. It, it. it didn't bother me. The cat was awesome. The cat was awesome. Brie Larson was awesome. I really liked her version of... Carol Danvers, it made me happy. Samuel L. Jackson was at his Samuel Samuel L. Jacksoniest. Like the only thing is, you know, if he was like, "There's too many Cree on this MFing spaceship or something," or you know, maybe then he would have been at peak Jackson. But I I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a bit. Ben Mendelsohn did a great job as Talos. Jude Law, I enjoyed him. Annette Benning really made me happy. I don't know what to say. Maria Rambo, yeah, like the characters were good. The action was good. The story, I really liked how they told it, kind of inside out, the way they did. Um, 
it is very much an origin story without being an origin story. You know, that thing that Marvel's been trying to do for a while where we meet Carol Danvers after she's already got her Captain Marvel powers and then via story devices we find out how she got her powers. I liked how they did that and I felt that it worked well with the story that they were telling. All in all, I really enjoyed the movie. I think it was better than the trailers. And I don't know if that's just because I saw the trailers so many times through various watches or if I was right and the animation wasn't quite finished when they did the trailers, but that scene where she's flying, you know, with all the energy around her and stuff, it looked much better in the theater. Now, I feel like I do need to point out that we went and saw the non-3D version of the movie, so I cannot speak for the 3D version. Your mileage may vary, as with everything, but Marvel usually does pretty good 3D versions. We just didn't want to wait to see it. We just went and saw it. All in all, good movie. Liked it. Um, I don't really rank movies. That's not like my thing. I don't give ratings and whatnot. But I, I have to say, I do think I will watch this one quite a bit. Like I, I like I said, I don't really rate movies. It's not funny like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Guardian of the Galaxies movie. But if they are doing what I think they're going to be doing and that Captain Marvel is going to kind of fill the slot left behind from Captain America when Chris Evans leaves. I think it'll work. It felt, it felt like a movie in a similar genre to the Captain America films, except for with bigger state stakes and uh, she can shoot energy blasts out of her hands. All in all, liked it. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. It's worth seeing. I think it's worth seeing in the theater. Some of the set pieces are gorgeous, unless you have, like, a monster television that can show you all the, like, little detail and stuff. Definitely worth seeing it in the theater. Um, I think that's about all I can say without getting into spoilers. Just because, you know, some people consider almost anything a spoiler. That's why, you know, I usually only talk about stuff that's in the trailers, so let's just go to spoilers in five, four, three, two, one, and hello. Okay, so let's just get a few things kind of off the board at the beginning. There were some characters that I was interested to see how they were going to bring back. Um, Lee Pace is back playing Ronan the Accuser. Um, Krath is back rather enjoyed him it, it, it worked for me I, di I didn't find them um out of the ordinary I I, I don't know what to say I mean they didn't uh, there are so many ways especially with a character like Ronan where you already know his fate and you know where he's going that they could it could have felt cheap and that's one of the things that I rather enjoyed about this is while it does fulfill its role as a prequel to the other Marvel movies. It's a prequel in the same way that Captain America, the first Avengers, was a prequel. It 
happens technically before the other films. So, yeah, we get to meet Karath when he's running around with Jude Law's character, who's um, who plays Yon Rog, by the way. And I don't, I don't actually remember them saying his name in the entire movie, but they probably did at least once. Um, Karath, I kind of feel like I see how we get from the character that we met here to the one in Guardians. The same thing with um, uh, Ronan. This this movie does something that the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie kind of doesn't. It gives Ronan purpose. Like, I, I have a better understanding as to why he betrayed Thanos now. And that's a good thing. Samuel Jackson was great in this. Um, the, this origin story for Nick Fury really works for me. I like the backstory on how he lost his eye. That cracks me up, makes me just giddy inside. Coulson was good, though barely in the movie. And I'm okay with that. Um, having said all that, I there are certain, some things like... Okay, since we're in spoilers, I'm kind of going to go go to the end first. The thing that... The, that this entire movie is about turns out to be the Tesseract. And I am okay with that. Because what this basically tells us is that Marvell, when she came to Earth, discovered the Tesseract. Which always kind of bugged me that they, because it kind of burns through and falls out of the ship before Captain America crashes. So it always kind of bugged me a little bit how it got into S.H.I.E.L.D.'s hands. Um, this kind of... I don't know. I I like this version of the story. I like how it worked. It The payoff was good for me. I do feel that the way this movie ended, we're not going to get these um, Secret Wars. We're not going to get the Scroll invasion that we thought we were going to get. And I'm kind of okay with that. So for everybody who's doing their who's going to be a scrawl in upcoming movies, I don't think that's going to happen now. And that was a really smart thing on the part of Marvel, especially if that's something that they had decided against doing. Because this movie, to me... Feels like it just writes off the whole scroll thing and that we're not going to do it. This is the scrolls. You got them. Are you happy? Let's move along now. Kind of thing. But in a very good story and in a story that works. Well, I really like the inside out nature of the story and how we actually meet all the characters and how all the parts are put into place. There is a part of me, and I think it's the part of me that's a real big fan of 80s and 90s movies that would have really liked to see a version of this movie that's told chronologically where or an actual prequel to this movie where we would have gotten to see the top gun version of it because i don't know i'm a sucker for top gun that's a movie that i really enjoyed i was hoping to get a bit more of that in this and you do 
but not the way that I expected it to be in here. All in all, it worked. I like. I mean, I really do like how it worked. It's just, I don't know. I it would have been a the movie that I want is a very smart movie for Marvel to have not done because it probably wouldn't have performed that well. Because I, I literally want Lady Top Gun that ends with Captain Marvel becoming Captain Marvel, and yeah, that that's not the movie that Marvel would have wanted to make. And I probably would have been one of the few people in the audience going, <laughs> you know, really happy for that movie. So I, I get why they didn't make it. But there's still a nagging little part of me that would have really liked to have seen that. I'm also guessing that they're saying that the Super Tesseract powers that Captain Marvel has keeps her from aging. This movie does pl take place very obviously in the 90s. Which, I mean, for nostalgia buttons, I mean, we can talk about some of the callbacks and stuff that they do, but Captain Marvel running around with the Nine Inch Nails t-shirt on, I used to have a shirt a lot like that, that hit the exact nostalgia button that they intended to hit, at least with me, because, yeah, totally down for it. I, I wish they hadn't gone for such a broad palette of music for this movie. Um, like, okay, you know, having Wataman playing by In Vogue when it was, that was really funny, and I did enjoy that. Waterfalls was good when it happened. Um, there could have been a lot more garbage in this movie, because I'm only happy when it rains. That was well used, but oh, I'm such a big garbage fan, I wish there was more. Of course, there's the necessary moment of, uh, Kurt Cobaininess in here that was wonderful and having you know I, I just I don't know I, I kind of wanted it more uber 90s but it wasn't it was much more restrained about its 90s-ness than I expected it to be like it didn't go full on um, Stranger Things with like Stranger Things does with the eighties with the music and the movies and the posters and the everything. And I, I, I didn't expect that the, the best nineties callback moment for me and the whole thing is when they're going to listen to the black box and they put the CD into the computer and they sit there waiting for it to load. And she's like, what are we doing? And Fury's like, we're waiting on it to load and that got a pretty big laugh in the theater that I was in. And I think any of us that were of a certain age, like felt that <laughs> like that really brought us back to our youth, like almost more than the music did, like seeing the old version of the, you know, the old websites that they showed and Oh my goodness, the computer lag. Just waiting. The computer will eventually load. That that brought me back hardcore. I can't say enough good things about this movie. Like, I, I've been wanting to find stuff to, you know, take away from it. Because, like I said, this, this isn't, like, my favorite of the Marvel MCU. Even though it's hard for me to do you know, firm rankings on that. Cause it really depends on the day. Like if 
I'm in the mood for a comedy, then I'm probably going to say it's Guardians of the Galaxy. If I'm in the mood for, you know, just an awesome movie, it's probably going to be Black Panther. If I'm in the movie for more of a spy movie, it's going to be Winter Soldier. You know, I just, I really kind of float back and forth depending on what my mood is on what my favorite Marvel movie is. But, uh, it, I, I can't find anything specific to fault it on with the possible exception. Like it was talking about that. It may have maybe went a little bit too safe with some of its choices. Like, the music choices that it made were like, if you just picked a random best of the nineties or loaded up on Pandora or Apple music, or I guess Spotify has these, I don't, haven't used Spotify for a while. Um, but you know, the nineties, you know, hits of the nineties list, it, they were all the songs that you kind of expected to be there in a way. And I don't know. I, I would, I guess part of me wishes that there was at least one deep cut in there that just made you go, Oh man, you know, brought you into it or something, but it just, no, it it felt safe, but not in a bad way. It felt safe in the same way that, you know, the last like dozen Marvel movies have, like they figured out how to do a satisfying superhero movie and did it. Um, I almost wish it had been as radical as some of the people that are hating on this film seem to think it was without having seen it because in, in a way, like they're the ultimate way to make me like take the movie down a peg because with all the, it's just radical SJW nonsense crap that's been floating around, well, you kind of go to the movie and it's not that. And I don't know, as a crazy lefty that I am, I I almost wish it had been, but it's made by a large corporation that wouldn't do that. So, eh, (laughs) you know, it's, I just wish it had lived up to its haters expectations of it a little bit more. Like, make Brie Larson a real man-hating SJW crazy person. But they're not going to do that because it's a movie for everybody. And, uh, you know, there's a certain slice of the population that just likes to ruin every, try to ruin everything for everybody in there. All in all, like, I don't know what my favorite bit was. Some of the flashbacks really, really meant a lot to me to see how they worked and how they played off of each other. I I really like that we got to meet Monica as a child because when we come back to Captain Marvel, she's going to probably be an adult and Monica, you know, Monica Rambo is, you know, Carol Danvers best friend. And I kind of like how they set that up in this movie with, with Monica as a child that works for me. Like that's pretty much all I can say. Like I could just list things and talk about how they worked for me. I liked how they did the scroll. I liked, I I just liked it. Now the various, uh, uh, 
post-credit scenes. They were, um, yeah. Okay, so this movie has two post-credit scenes. I probably should have said that before spoilers, so people knew that they may or may not want to stay through. The first one is kind of a mid-credits scene, and then, of course, one right at the end. The mid-credits scene is basically the Avengers Endgame trailer that we got. Like, yeah. Except for Carol Danvers shows up at the end of it. The uh, pager stops paging. They're trying to figure out how to get it going again, and then... Flash, oh, that it's Carol, and she just says, "Where's, where's Fury?" Cut to, you know, cut to black. Credits roll. You know, Miss Marvel will will return in Avengers Endgame. That made me happy, just because I can have that card go in my head instead of Thanos will, will return, because that was a dark way to end the movie. So that worked. I liked it. I don't know. I found it just too funny at the very end of the movie at the end of the last end credit scene is basically goose hacking up the Tesseract like, like a fur ball on Nick Fury's desk. And I, I don't know why I found it so funny. I did. I laughed really hard. Most of the people that were still in the theater at that moment laughed really hard. It, it's one of those that was so dumb that it, to me it worked. It's kind of like the, uh, um, what Spider-Man twenty ninety nine showing up at the end of Inter, Inter, in, um, Into the Spider Verse and doing the whole Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme. That was funny. That was I don't know. It was stupid, but it was funny. This was stupid, and it was funny. So. That eh. that's really a to each their own. Because I I don't know why it was funny. I don't know why it made me laugh. Because it's literally a cat with a hairball that turns out to be the tesseract. But it was a cat with a furball that turned out to be the tesseract, and I laughed very hard. The action sequences played out really well. If you've seen reviews that said there's only two of them, one at the beginning, one at the end. There is a protracted one at at the beginning and a long one at the end. There are several action sequences in the in-between, so I don't know what those reviews were talking about. Again, it's one of those things that makes me question whether or not they saw the movie. And a lot of the stuff that I have seen surrounding Captain Marvel really leads me to believe that some of these people just didn't watch the movie because I'm hearing way too many things that were not in it. All in all, oh man, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to own it. If it didn't hurt so much to go to the theater, I'd probably go see it again. I did really enjoy it. And I'm wanting to put my finger on exactly what it was. Um there was a certain stoicism to Captain Marvel that I enjoyed because it was fake. And I, I guess I should explain that. There, there, was, there was this whole like blow-up thing when the early posters came out and it showed Brie Larson not smiling and people freaked out about it because 
How dare a woman not smile? How can you be beautiful if you don't smile? Smile, girly, smile. You know, all that sexist crap. That's actually a plot point in the movie. Like, a very significant one in the movie. That's the closest thing that the movie actually gets to, you know, having that broad feminist thing that so many people were afraid would be pervade this movie and destroy all of Marvel forever. Yeah, there's a thing about how women can't be fighter pilots, because in the... I don't know if you know this or not, but in the 90s, women couldn't be fighter fighter pilots. And they can now. And, like, one of them's actually serving in Congress. So, like, that's a, histor that's a historical thing. Uh, yeah. But... There's this whole thing between um, Marvel, uh, well, Veers, and um, Yun Rog, where he keeps telling her to keep her emotions in check and to that she keeps getting over emotional and trying, and, you know, if you want my approval, you basically have to be stoic and, you know, fight me without your powers. And. It just, it rings so much of that, you know, women should just smile thing that I, I, I did rather like that. And I liked how at the end, when he realized that there was no way he could beat her, he tried to do that again. You know, let's see if you can fight me without your powers. And she just blasts him into the, you know, just like across the beach, just wall bam. I have, I do not desire, nor do I require your approval. I loved that. I love that a lot. And I'm sure that's going to be the scene that's going to be taken out of context by, you know who, and made into something that it doesn't need to be. But yeah, it, it was a good movie. It really really was a good movie. Oh, the other thing is Annette Bening's character I wish was in the film more. I guess if if I have to knock it for anything, it's that it's not the, the uh, Lady Top Gun prequel that nobody would have liked but me, and that Annette Bening's character wasn't in it more. And I mean, like, her actual character, not, like, the Supreme Intelligence. I think the Supreme Intelligence was in the movie just enough, and they did a good job with that, because I don't really like that in the comics. But yeah, it was... It, it I, I am surprised people aren't raving about this flick more than they are. I see some people doing it. I think more people should be doing it. If... if, if hmm, should I say it? Should I? Should I? Yeah, I'm going to say it. If I had a choice between watching Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman, I would watch Captain Marvel again. I'm not one for ranking movies, but yeah, I, I would definitely... Because Wonder Woman's good, but the end kind of doesn't work. Like We don't like talking about that because the rest of the movie is really good, but the end really doesn't work. This movie works all the way through, and the payoff is so wonderful. You know... The cat horking up the Tesseract. Oh my goodness. 
that was just too funny. Anywho, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel and you listen to all that anyway, please go see this movie. It's definitely worth your time. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm very excited for Avengers Endgame, which will probably be the next movie, you know, theater movie that I do a review of. Probably not going to go see Shazam, just because I don't trust... I just don't trust DC anymore. It looks good. Zachary Levi looks great, but I just, I don't trust it. I really don't. So, I don't know. Probably Avengers Endgame, unless something else that I forgot about happens. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode and you would, and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either the episode or the podcast itself, please do so. That helps me out a lot. That tells the algorithms to share me with more people, especially if you're listening on Apple Music. That helps out a lot. Apple Music. Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That helps out a lot. Um, if you have a dollar you can throw my way, in the show notes you'll see a link. This is Anchor Community Support. If you click that button, you can join the project for one, five, or ten bucks a month. That money helps me basically do everything that I do. So, thank you to anybody and everybody who does that, because that really makes all this possible. Um, yeah. If you don't have a dollar, that's okay. Trust me, I know what it means to be broke. That's like my life story. If you can, and you know somebody that you think would like this podcast, please share it with them. That helps out a bunch. If you want to talk to me, I am on Twitter way too much. Yeah, I'm C. Dorset over there. If you want to find any, find me on any of the social networks, you can go to projectshadow.com. You can find a link to everything over there, including everything that I'm doing, this podcast, and my other projects, which I have many. Actually, I think over the weekend I figured out the story. Well, some of the major parts of the story for the sci-fi thing, so... Keep your eyes open for that, and hopefully this week I will finish recording the audiobook for Mask of the Gods, book one, Crucify My Love. Anywho, until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.